Hallelujah. So we're continuing on through the book of Enoch. Uh, as always, we're going to be seeking to align it with our canon. That is the 66 books of scripture that we know and love that we call the Bible. You know, and so uh, we're going to, like I said, align it wherever wherever we, we can, you know, so that we can see like, you know, it's not nothing to be afraid of. It doesn't speak of things that contradict the word. It actually speaks to a lot, a lot of things that's in the word, you know, maybe even be the origin of a lot of things that's in the word, you know, that the saints of old were saying, saying that, you know, it was a book that was passed down for a very long time. And once you become more familiar with it and familiar with the word, you can see you know, um, many, many references to it. You know, so we left off in chapter 42. So today we're going to pick it up with chapter four, four, two, three. Amen. All right. And so uh, let me um, get my first reader read the entire chapter of Enoch 43 and 44, please. And I saw other lightnings and stars of heaven. I saw how he called them all by their names. And they hearkened unto him. And I saw how they are weighed in righteous balance according to their proportions of light. I saw the width of their spaces and the day of their appearing, and how their revolution produces lightning. And I saw their revolution according to the number of the angels, and how they keep faith with each other. And I asked the angel who went with me and who showed me what was hidden, what are these? And he said to me, Yahuwah of Ruach has showed me their parable. These are the names of the holy who dwell on earth and believe in the name of Yahuwah of the Ruchot forever and ever. And also another phenomenon I saw in regard to the lightnings, how some of the stars arise and become lightnings and cannot part with their new form. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. Enoch says he saw other lightnings. Now, um, a couple weeks ago, I believe it was in uh, chapter 41, uh, either 40 or 41, we learned that lightnings um, and stars were actually types of beings. Amen. You know, they were types types of uh, beings. They weren't just, you know, um, arbitrary things. You know, uh, they, they actually were type of living beings, you know, that's in the heavens, you know. And so hence we see him calling them by their name and they're hearkening unto him. You know, so lets you know that they have some type of intelligence, you know, to be able to hearken unto, unto him when their names are called. You know, now, verse two said, and I saw how they were weighed in a righteous balance according to their proportions of light. You know, um, likewise, you know, um, within the preceding weeks, you know, we learned that Yah will weigh weigh us in the balance you know he uses balances to to weigh to weigh his uh his creation you know and so here it is we're talking about some lightnings and stars we're talking about some beings of light you know a star is um emits light as well as lightnings and emit light and so we know we're, we're talking about some type of creatures you know um you know and whatever type they are they emit light. Can you see that? You know, um, 
and it says that they are weighed in a righteous balance according to their proportions of life. You know, and so, uh, yeah, I think um, we're supposed to be children of the day, you know, which is another way of saying children of the light, even as uh, our savior and king, you know, is the light, you know, he said, I am the light, right? You know, so I want you to kind of connect the pieces here, you know. Now, he also um, asked the angel who was with him, he said, you know, what is this? And the angel says that it's a parable. And so uh, we know in parables, you know, we find similes and analogies and, you know, and epithets and things of this nature, right? You know, and seeing that we already learned that lightnings and stars are types of beings, you know, um, and now knowing that it's a parable, you know, could it be speaking about types of righteous people, you know, or types of righteous creatures, you know, um, you know, uh, at the very least. And, you know, so I don't think that's so far-fetched because we're talking parabolically, you know, and it says that this is their parable and it says, these are the names of the holy who dwell on the earth and believe in the name of Yahuwah, uh, of Rukot, Yahuwah of the spirits forever and ever. So now we learn that this is in fact the names of holy who dwell on the earth. Well, what kind of people dwell on the earth? Um, humanity dwells on the earth. Right, you know, so we're talking about righteous people that believe in the name of Yahuwah of spirits forever being or becoming, you know, types of lightnings and stars, you know, or creatures of light. You know, and maybe this is a, a hint to how we'll, we'll be when Yah comes back when Yahshua comes back, you know, um, just uh, something to think about, you know, and chapter 44 of Enoch said, you know, he saw another phenomenon, how some of the stars arise and become lightnings and cannot part with their new form, you know, so, you know, they become lightnings and, and they're stuck, they, you know, lightnings of that, that becomes what they are, and others become stars. You know, they remain stars and, and lightnings, you know. So just, you know, interesting to think, you know, um, because, of course, it's parabolically. So essentially what it's teaching us is that you're going to be some type of creatures of light if you're a creature of light now. Because if you're holy, you know, then you're going to, you're going to become some type of creature of light. You know, as when the time comes, you know, when Yahshua comes back, you know, and we change, you know, we get our our new bodies, our celestial bodies, as Paul teaches. We, he teaches you have a terrestrial body as well as a celestial body. When we see that celestial body, you know, maybe some of us, you know, have have some that's like lightnings and others will have some that's like stars. Hmm. Definitely interesting to think about, right? You know, let me have my next reader read chapter 45 of 
E naught. This is the second parable concerning those who deny the name of the Holy Ones of the Adonai of Rokot. And in the heaven they shall not ascend, and on the earth they shall not come. Such shall be the lot of the sinners who have denied the name of the Adonai of Rokot, who are thus preserved for the day of suffering and tribulation. On that day my elect one shall sit on the throne of glory and shall try their works and their places of rest shall be innumerable, and their souls shall grow strong within them when they see mine elect ones and those who have called upon my glorious name. Then will I cause mine elect one to dwell among them, and I will transform the heaven and make it a blessing, and I will transform the heaven and make it an eternal blessing and light, and I will transform the earth and make it an eternal blessing, and I will cause my elect ones to dwell upon it. But the sinners and evildoers shall not set foot thereon. For I have provided and satisfied my peace, my righteous ones, and have caused them to dwell before me. But for the sinners, there is judgment impending with me so that I shall destroy them from the face of the earth. Hallelujah. So hereby we learn that, you know, a second parable is put forth and we learned that those who deny the name of the holy ones of the Adonai Ruko, you know, uh, they shall not ascend, you know, and on, on the earth, they shall not come. So they won't be on the earth, neither will they be able to, to ascend, you know, into the heavens, you know, as we read about, you know, those creatures of light, you know, or those righteous ones, those holy ones, right? You know, and it says, such shall be the lot of the sinners who have denied the name of the Adonai of Rukot. And they're preserved for a day of suffering and tribulation. You know, so um, it gives us, you know, an idea of what's going to happen to the righteous, and then it gives us an idea of what's going to happen to the unrighteous, to the sinners. And then something interesting, you know, uh, it said following, you know, says on that day, my elect one, you know, uh, this of course is Yahshua, shall sit on the throne of glory and shall try their works. And, uh, you know, again, you know, this is congruent with scripture. We showed this in some of the preceding weeks that, you know, you're going to be judged by your works, you know? And so, you know, there's so many people out here that's teaching, you know, that, Hey, the law is done away with, you know. Well, recording in if, progress. If you're not, if if you're not actually doing what it works, then you're gonna be found wanting. You know, and if you're judged off of your works, you know, you're gonna be in a very bad position. You know, so yeah, you, you know. I implore anyone who, who think that's right, you know, to revisit scripture, you know, because, you know, um, you know, there's so many false teachers out here, you know, and they, you know, they teach that, you know, um, you know, that you don't need to do Yah's commandments. You can never get in trouble for doing what Yah said. He'll never be upset with you for doing what he said to do. I don't care how long ago he said, do it. He said, do it. He said, do it. 
because it, we, we're told that he changes not, right? So if he said it, do, do it back then, he still wants you to do it today because he don't change. You can never get in trouble for doing what he said. At least you can, you can say, well, I did what you said. But if you're not doing what he said and you your only excuse would be this guy or this woman told me I didn't have to do it. When he's written a letter to you, and if you didn't read the letter for yourself, you just depended on some guy or some, some, um, some, some woman telling you, that's not going to go over well. And you're certainly not going to have any works. And you're going to be found wanting. And you're going to find yourself in this grouping that we read about in verses one to two. We don't want that to be anyone that we know. Certainly don't want it to be ourselves. Amen. You know, so we need to do these things. We need to have some works. You know, no, you're not saved by your works. No, but we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about what you're going to be judged off of at the end of the day. You know, you can be saved and, and you're still going to be judged. Everybody got to go, go before the judge. You know, the righteous as well as the unrighteous. You know, so it says, on that day, my elect ones shall sit on the throne of glory and shall try their works. You know, and it speaks about their rest places being innumerable and their souls growing strong when they see the elect ones and those who have called on Yah's glorious name. You know, and then he, he speaks about, like he spoke about transforming, you know, the holy that dwelt on the earth, you know, and they became as lightning and stars, remember? Now he's talking about in verses four and five, he says, you know, and I will transform the heaven and I will transform um, the earth. He says, he speaks of in verse um, five. So he said, he's gonna change the heaven and change the earth and make it an eternal blessing and will cause his elect ones to dwell upon it. But the sinners and evildoers shall not set foot thereon. So where do you think they're going to be? Anyone? Outside where? What? No, they're not going to be outside the earth looking in. And where? H-E double hockey sticks. Yeah, they're going to be beneath the earth. Yeah, they're going to be down below. And they're not going to be allowed to come up. You know, hence it says, and on the earth they shall not come. You know, it says that he'll destroy them from the face of the earth. You know, so hereby we learn that the heavens and the earth will be transformed. But this is quite a fanciful statement. <laughs> That the heavens and the earth will be transformed? Does our canon support such a notion? It absolutely does. In Revelation 21.1 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Now, just think about this. You know, we got this in Revelation. You know, um, you know from Apostle uh, Yochanan. But 
Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied this millennia before. You know, and today, you know, we're, we're a little backwards. You know, we're, we're utilizing Yochanan's revelation given, uh, revelation that was given him from Yahshua to actually validate, you know, what Enoch said when in our actuality, what Yochanan said is actually validating what Enoch said, not the other way around. Because this information was given to Enoch first and it just been taken from us, you know, it, it had, had, been, had been removed. But it was for such a time as this. And it even tells us that, you know, at the beginning of the book, that it's for that last generation. I don't know if we the last generation, but I know we the, we the latest generation that ever lived. There's never been a generation that lived, lived after us. Not yet. Amen. You know, so we need to take heed to that. You know, now, Enoch chapter 46 goes on to say, and there I saw one who had, who had a head of days and his head was white like wool. And with him was another being whose countenance had the appearance of man. And his face was full of graciousness, like one of the holy angels. Now here it is. We have a depiction of the father and the son, you know, um, and I found this depiction of the father uh, interesting for Daniel saw something strikingly similar. In Daniel 7, 9, he says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down in the ancient of days. Now the ancient of days can be translated as the head of days. And the head of days can actually be translated as the ancient of days, you know, um, in, in the Hebrew wording, you know. Now he says, and I beheld till the thrones were cast down in the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was it's like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. You know, so we see both of them describing the head of days or the ancient of days, you know, having hair like wool. You know, uh, then in Enoch 46, 23, it says, and I asked the angel who, who went with me and showed me all the hidden things concerning that son of man, who he was, whence he was, and why he went with the head of days. What is this guy doing with the most high? Here it is, he looking like a man, you know, and he running around with the most high. What's, what's up with that? You know, who is this guy? Verse three, and he answered me and said to me, this is the son of man. To whom have righteousness and with whom dwelleth righteousness, who revealeth all the treasures that which is hidden, because the Adonai of Rukot have chosen him and whose lot have the preeminence before Adonai of Rukot in uprightness forever. Hallelujah. So we see in Matthew Yahoo 1811, you know. Yahshua is speaking, he says, for the son of man is come to save that which is lost. He's referring to himself as the son of man. Now, why would Yahshua refer to himself as the son of man? You know, it's because during that time, those people were familiar with scripture and Enoch was a part of scripture. And so they knew 
who the son of man was in reference to. And so they say for the son of man, he says for the son of man is come to save that which is lost. Referring to himself as the son of man. And here we see this very same terminology utilized in the book of Enoch. And the son of man is even with the father. You know, and we know Yahshua would say that, you know, he was with the father, right? And he's he only doing what he saw the father do, you know, when he was upon the earth, right? You know, so, you know, I want you to see these things, you know. Now, he is the son of man, but I want you to also think about, about this, you know, it's in Matthew Yahoo 317, it says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, this is the father speaking from the heavens, amen? And he's saying that the son of man is his son. Well, which one is it? Is it he? Is he? Is he the son of man, or is he the son of Yah? Absolutely both, you know. But how so? Saying that man is mortal, but Yah is immortal. He did come in the form of flesh, but he came through a woman. Yes. He didn't have, he didn't have a, uh, there was no man that spawned him. Okay. So why don't, why doesn't it say son of woman? Because no man spawned him. Son of Adam. Yeah. Because he was the son of Adam. And Adam was the son of Elohim. And when it's speaking about the son of man, it's not talking about the son of mortal man. It's talking about the son of Ha-Adam. Selah. You know, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's important. You know, now, he's a son. Yah says that he's his son. What is a son? in the view of a Hebrew. Does anyone know? Builder of the family. Anyone else? Well, yeah, he's, he's a true, but that, that don't have nothing to do with him being a son. What? A seed? Yeah. Well, from a Hebraic perspective, he's a builder of the family's name. You know, he's a son from a um, scriptural viewpoint or a Hebraic viewpoint is the builder of the family's name. Now, this is important because a name entails the character, authority, and reputation of a thing. So Yah saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, he's telling the people, this is the builder of my character, authority, and reputation. And so what's he? the reason he's saying that is because there's others who claim that they're building his name. Well, because they were the priest. So what Yah was in fact doing was distinguishing Yahshua from the Levitical priesthood. What he was saying that is that this is the builder 
of my family name, not these wicked Pharisees, scribes, and Sadducees. Can you see that? You know, that's important because when you start getting into, you know, there's only one name by which you can be saved. There's only one character, authority, and reputation in which you can be saved. So many people get caught up on the phonetic sound of the name and not what the name represents. But it's what, rep what the name represents that's important. Not so much as the phonetic sound. You're not gonna be damned because you, you can't say Yahshua. You know, now you may be if you can't walk in his character, authority and reputation. You know, if you don't seek, seek to be in like character and of like reputation, you know, so that's why this is so important. He calling himself the son of man so that everyone can know that he is the builder of the church, you know, and that is essential, especially in a time when you had the priest. You know, now today, you know, the uh, Levitical priests are no more. And so there's really like no competition. You know, so, you know, Yahshua is the priest in order of Melchizedek and everybody, you know, take that and, and run with it. But back then, you know, everybody knew that the Levitical priesthood was the were the representatives of Yah upon the earth, period. Period. You know, they were the ones who had his word. You know, they were the ones who disseminated it. They were the ones who was entrusted with his authority. You know, they were the ones who were to, who were to exemplify it, you know, walk in the character of it. They were the ones who had the reputation for doing so. So with Yah saying, that this is my son, and with Yahshua walking around saying that he's the son of man, you know, that puts him diametrically opposed to them. You know, so I pray that you can see that. You know, Psalms 98.2 says, Yahuwah has made known his salvation, his righteousness he, he um, openly showed in the sight of the heathen. And where I'm going with this is, is uh, actually from verse 3, it says, this is the son of man, who have righteousness and with him dwelleth righteousness. So we know the son of man is Yahshua, you know, and what, I, what I'm trying to show you with these uh, next series of passages is, is that wherever you see Yahshua, you see righteousness because righteousness dwelleth with Yahshua. Amen. You know, and so you see Psalms 98 two. it says, and Yahuwah have made known his salvation, this word salvation is actually number 3444 in um, Hebrew, and it is Yahshua. So it actually says, and Yahuwah has made known Yahshua, his righteousness has openly, um, has he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. You know, so we see him with his righteousness. You know, also to heal him or Psalms 119, 123 says, my, eye, my eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness and this is also number three four 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 
um, it's actually uh, can be translated is my eyes fell for Yahshua and for the word of thy righteousness. Again, you know, you can't have one without the other. And yes, Yahoo 56 one, one of my uh, favorites, you know, says, Thus sell Yahoo, keep you judgment and do justice for Yahshua is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. You know, wherever you see Yahshua, you will find the righteousness of Elohim dwelling with him. You know, and so this is important to understand because this is important to understand his name, the character of his name is righteous. You know, his character is righteousness. So you're not going to, if you have Yahshua, but you don't have his righteousness, then you don't have Yahshua. You know, and if you're saved in the name of Yahshua, then you're also saved in his righteousness because that's his character. And if not, then you have to question as to whether or not you're saved in his name because the name entails the character, authority, and reputation. So without no any righteousness, you don't really have his name. Enoch 46, 4 through 6. My next reader, please. And this son of man whom you have seen shall rise up the kings and the mighty from their seats and the strong from their thrones and shall loosen the reins of the strong and break the teeth of the sinners. He shall put down the, the kings from their thrones and kingdoms because they do not extol and praise him, nor humbly acknowledge whence the kingdom was bestowed upon them. And he shall put down the confidence of the strong and shall fill them with shame. And darkness shall be their dwelling, and worms shall be their bed. And they shall have no hope of rising from, the bed, from their beds because they do not extol the name of Yahuwah's. Yahuwah of spirits. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see this concept also in scripture. It says um, in verse 4, the son of man whom you have seen shall rise up the kings. So he'll raise up the kings, the mighty from their seats, the strong from their throne. He'll put down all the kings from their thrones and their kingdoms because they don't extol and praise him. You know, and we see this concept in our canon in Revelation 11, 15, it says, and the seventh angel sounded and there was great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Adonai and of his Messiah and he shall reign forever and ever. You know, he will uproot all the kings, you know, and their kingdoms and he will take them over. You know, um, exactly, you know, what's being, what's being uh, uh, suggested here in Enoch 46, 4 and 5. In, in verses um, seven and eight, it goes on to say, and these are they who judge the stars of heaven and raise their um, and raise their raise their hands against the most high and tread upon the earth and dwell upon it and all their deeds manifest unrighteousness and their power rests upon their riches and their faith is in the gods which they have made with their hands and they deny the name of the Adonai of Rukot and they persecute the houses of of his congregation 
and the faithful who hang upon the name of the Adonai of Hukot. Now, I just want to remind everyone that these gods men have made with their hands, you know, such as those made of silver and gold, you know, um, but also one's jobs and businesses. You know, a lot of people put their faith in, you know, and trust in their job. Their job becomes their God. You know, uh, who can tell me what a, what a God is? Judge or, or a ruler, right? You know, now a lot of people make their jobs their gods, you know, and, you know, yes, you are subject to your job or your boss, if you would, you know, but that's only up until it contradicts Yah. You know what I mean? You know, um, don't make them the highest. Yah should always be the highest. You know, now, how many of you have read through scripture and you, and you read about all these idols they used to make of silver and gold, all these, all these gods, you know, these gods they used to make of silver and gold, you know, um, and you see that so many times through scripture. You ever wonder what happened to them now today? You know, I'm here to tell you they're still here. If you have any change in your pocket, you have some gods of silver. You know, all the change, you know, and the U.S. used to be made with silver. They don't got cheap now. They start they start making them out of nickel, <laughs> you know. But they used to be made with silver, as well as all the other coinage around the world. You know, a dollar was three hundred and seventy-six point two five fine grains of silver. You know, you know. Now, what I want you to understand is like on each one of them, each one of the coins is a president. A president by scriptural definition, is a God. They know this. They even have a building, you know, in D.C. with all the gods, and it even says it, you know, in, um, I think they put it in Latin, but it says it, you know, like this is the hall of the gods or something to that effect, you know, uh, and it has all these pictures of the, of the presidents, you know, Oh, they, they familiar, they know, you know, but the point I'm trying to make, make is like these, these idols, these gods of silver, yeah, they're in your pocket, they're in your purse, you know, you look at the change, you know, those are gods of silver and gold. And what about the, um, the gods of, uh, of wood? Well, if you have any of this, this is a god of wood. Because your money is made from trees. Trees are made of wood, right? So your gods of, of silver and gold and your gods of wood, the gods made by man's hands, haven't went anywhere. And I assure you, people are still worshiping them today. You know, like I always tell people, the greatest hiding places is in plain sight. 
but there are many people who would do who who would do and do anything to get their hands on those gods of silver and gold and those of wood that's made by man's hand it's people who sell their mother soul in order to get it you know kill steal and and destroy that they might have it. you know but i'm here i'm here to, to remind you give you a little wisdom it's found in Sirach 40 25 and 26 it says gold and silver make the foot stand short you know yeah there is a type of confidence that come from it you know um within this world but counsel is esteemed above them both he goes on to say riches and strength lift up the heart surely it does but the fear of the Adonai is above them both there is no one in the fear of the Adonai and it needeth not to seek help if you fear the most high air you'll never want for anything if you truly fear the most high air you'll never have to seek help from another source Say lot. All right, let me have my next reader read chapter 47 of Enoch. In those days shall have ascended the prayers of the righteous and the blood of the righteous from the earth before Yahuwah of Rukot. In those days, the holy ones who dwell above in the heavens shall unite with one voice and supplicate and pray and praise and give thanks and bless the name of the Adonai of Rukot on behalf of the blood of the righteous, which is which has been shed, and that the prayer of the righteous may not be in vain before the Adonai of Rukot, that judgment may be done unto them, and that they may not have to suffer forever. In those days, I saw the head of days when seated himself upon the throne of his glory and the books of the living were opened before him and all his hosts which is in heaven above and his counselors stood before him the hearts of the holy were filled with joy because the number of the righteous has been offered the prayers of the righteous have been heard and the blood of the righteous has been required before yahoo hallelujah sound like a wonderful time right you know, is this concept found within our canon? It absolutely is. Um, if we look at Revelation 6, in verses 9 through 11, it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of Elohim and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Adonai, holy and true, doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now, can you see in Enoch 47.4 is speaking to this. It's saying, and the hearts of the holy were filled with joy because the number of the righteous has been offered. So in other words, that that um the other brethren that should be killed is that they um as they were was fulfilled you know and now their prayers are going to be heard but our canon tells us what those prayers were 
those prayers was how long O Adonai holy and true doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth you know so now Enoch tells us that their prayers was heard but our canon tells us what they were praying for you know even that they will be uh, that vengeance will be taken on their behalf you know and so it will be a joyous time because they will finally get what they've been praying for, you know, um, during the time that they had to rest until the number was fulfilled. You know, but I want you to see that, you know, Enoch isn't saying or speaking about anything that we don't find within our own canon. And Enoch 48, uh, let me have my next reader read Enoch 48, one through three, please. And in that place, I saw the fountain of righteousness, which is inexhaustible. And around it were many fountains of wisdom. And all the thirsty drank from them and were filled with wisdom. And their dwellings were with the righteousness and holy and elect. And at that hour, the Son of Man was named in the presence of Yahuwah of and his name before the head of days. Yeah, before the sun and the signs were created, and before the stars of the heaven were made, his name was named before the Adonai of Ukot. Hallelujah. Okay, so, you know, um, in that place he saw a fountain of righteousness, and um, he found many fountains of wisdom, and everybody who was thirsty was able to just have at it, you know, and it says that the Son of Man was named in the presence of Yahuwah, of Ukot, you know, and his name um, before the head of days. You know, so, you know, it goes on to say that, yay, before the sun and the signs were created, before the stars of heaven were made, Hallelujah. his name was named before the Adonai mm -hmm. Uko. Mm -hmm. You know, and our canon supports this. You know, Yahshua hinted at it in Yochanan 8, 57 and 58. It says, then said the Yahudim unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Yahushua said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was I am. You know they wanted to hurt him after that. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they sought to throw him off a cliff after that. You know, also in Yochanan 17, 24, in the beloved prayer of Yahshua, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, call the wrong thing Yahshua's prayer. Uh, Yochanan 17 is truly Yahshua's prayer. You know, says, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Does that not equate with what Enoch is saying? What we're learning from Enoch? You know, that even before the sun and the signs were created, before the stars of heaven were made, the name of Yahushua was there you know um colossians 1 15 through 17 says who is the image of the invisible elohim the firstborn of every creature for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the L we serve, right? 
you know, Enoch 48, four through six, my next reader, please. He shall be a staff to the righteous, whereon to stay, to stay themselves and not fall. And he shall be the light of the Gentiles and the hope of those who are troubled at heart. All who dwell on earth shall fall down and worship before him and will praise and bless and celebrate with song Yahuwah of Rakot. And for the, this reason have he been chosen and hidden before him before the creation of the world and forevermore. Hallelujah. Okay, so we learn here um, by Enoch that, you know, that he's the staff to the righteous, you know, so any of us that, that seek to be righteous, he the one we want to lean on. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you know, uh, and it says that he should be a light to the Gentiles. Now, our canon definitely bear witness to this. And it says, all who dwell on earth um, shall fall down and worship before him. Yes, our canon also um, bear witness to this and says before creation of the world and forevermore, um, he was chosen and hidden before him, before the creation of the world. We just um, read some scriptures that bore witness to that. You know, but yes, Yahu 9, 1 and 2 says, nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such the, um, um, as was in her vexation when at first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them have the light shine. You know, and so we see uh, that our scripture actually do bear witness that he'll be a light to the Gentiles. Uh, it, it, it also says in, a, in um, another place as well, you know, uh, besides Yeshayahu 9, 1 and 2. But also it speaks about that all the earth should fall down and worship before him. Romans 14, 11 bears witness. It says, for it is written, as I live, saith the Adonai, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to Elohim. Hallelujah. You know, so absolutely, all who dwell on the earth shall fall down and worship before him. You know, in verse 7 of Enoch 48 says, And the wisdom of the Adonai of Rukot have revealed him to the holy and righteous, for he has preserved a lot of the righteous because they have hated and despised this world of unrighteousness and have hated all its works and ways in the name of the Adonai of Rukot, for in his name they will be saved. And according to his good pleasure, have it been in regard to their life, you know? And of course, our uh, canon bears witness to this in Romans 10, 13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Adonai shall be saved, you know? So you have to call upon that character, authority and reputation of the Adonai. You know, like I said, the phonetic sound is not the only thing that a name entails. You know, also Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You know, again, talking to about that character, authority, and reputation of Elohim. And you have to understand this because this is the, um, the reason, a big part of the reason that Yahshua was coming around, you know, going around saying, hey, I'm the son of man. Well, 
Yeah, he was speaking about he was the son of Adam. He was the son of Ha-Adam. You know, and what's special about Ha-Adam is that he was made in the likeness and image of Elohim. So can't you see that if he's made in the likeness and image of Elohim, he had the character, authority, and reputation of Elohim because he was made in his likeness and his image. You know, and this, this is why Yahshua is called the second Adam because no one besides that first Adam had ever been made in Yah's likeness and image because after that first Adam failed, he lost the likeness and kept the image. Because you can only be like Yah as long as you do what Yah did. As long as you talk like Yah talked. As long as you walk like Yah walked. But when you start to do something different, then you're not like him. So you lose his likeness. Now you still may bear his image, but you lose his likeness. And then came Yahshua, who was again in the likeness and image of Elohim. How do we know he was in the likeness? Because he tells us that he did nothing except for what the father told him to do. He tells us that the only things that he did is what he saw the father do. He was imitating the father. He only said things that the father said. He only done things that the father did. He was like unto his father. Can you see that? And this is why his father bore witness that he was his beloved son. He was the builder of his family name. He was the son of Ha'adam. He was the second Adam made in the likeness and image of Elohim. Enoch 48, 8 through 10, to wrap it up, it says, in those days, downcast in countenance shall the kings of the earth have become. And the strong who passes, and the strong who poses the land because of the words of their hands, for on the day of their anguish and affliction, they shall not be able to save themselves. You won't be able to save yourself either. You can't do it your way. That's the whole thing that got Adam in trouble, the first Adam in trouble. He tried to do it another way outside of Yah's way. He tried to do it the serpent's way. Then later he tried to do it his way. It won't work. You, you can only do it Yah's way. You know, it goes on to say in verse nine, and I will give them over into the hands of my elect as straw in the fire shall burn um, as straw in the fire shall burn in the face of the holy as lead in the water shall they sink before the face of the righteous and no trace of them shall anymore be found and in the day of their affliction there shall be rest on the earth and before them they shall fall and not rise again and there shall be no one to take them with his hands and raise them for they have denied the Adonai of Rukot and his Mashiach. The name of the Adonai of Rukot be blessed. Hallelujah. You know, um, and to bear witness to this, you know, we have Luke 18, 1 through 8, it says, and he spake a parable unto them. 
to this end that men are always to pray and not to faint. Saying there is there was a city, there was in a city a judge and which feared not Elohim, neither regarded men. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Hello, righteous. Hello, righteous at the at the side of the altar, yelling out, Yah, when will you take vengeance? Verse four, and he would not for a while until that number be filled, remember? And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I fear not Elohim nor regard me, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Weary him down, bride of Yahshua. Because this is what's who this she is, it's the bride who's been widowed by Yahshua. And Adonai said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not Elohim avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man com uh, cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, that's a real serious question he posed there. Shall he find faith on the earth? Now, this word faith is pistis, number 4102 in, in the Greek. And essentially, it speaks to persuasion. It speaks of being persuaded through moral truth. So to put it another way, being persuaded through scripture. You know, when you're persuaded from scripture to do something and you do it, then your faith goes on living. But if you're persuaded through scripture to do something and you don't do it, then your faith dies. Faith without works are dead. So when scripture tells you to do something, do it so that you can have some works because you're going to be judged. You're going to be put in the balances based upon your works. And if you don't have any, you're going to be found wanting. That's all I have for you today. Pray with blessing. Hallelujah.